this is a podcast for the archives, basically. This is a podcast for the archives. Understand what Clearly Invisible was and what it is right now and its values and everything, basically. So the understanding of CI, that's why we're here. And Naz is going to um, basically, and I think he has curated questions for, for me and we're kind of just going to vibe and talk about it. And Naz is also, he was there when I launched Clearly Invincible. He was present. We were both in Lagos living like two streets off each other meaning he literally saw like the proper conception of when Clearly Invincible like officially launched. So that's why I feel like you are the adequate person to have this conversation with. Why, thank you. I feel like that was a... That was a sparkling introduction to get things going. And it's not CNN. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm trying my best to be as not CNN as possible. The journalist you like, jumped out. Literally jumped yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about the beginning, I even want to ask about like from like like the test phases, even before launch. What what was that what was that period for you like when you kind of had this idea and like wanted to test it out? Clearly Invincible started officially as a YouTube channel. It was where I was able to kind of just like express myself and like the stories that I was having with um or the life that I was living with other creatives. I always knew I was going to have a fashion brand, like a fashion line. And I wanted to start, but then at the same time, I didn't want to fully start. I wanted to just experiment and see how it went. I made one design. I chose three different, like really bright colors. And then I asked my dad for um, investments for me to be able to launch. I wrote up like a business plan just for that collection. So he invested at the time, 2014, yeah, 2014, he invested 75,000 Naira in my business. And I literally got packaging, uh, made samples, shot a, a, um, an ad and pictures. And that was kind of easy because I was around creatives who wanted to work with me anyways. And um, I started selling, I just started advertising it on Clearly Invincible because I thought, you know, I already have this page and this, um, I also thought the name was really cool for a brand. So I was like, I don't want to have yeah. a name. I was just like, you know, I'm, go I'm going to carry all of this with me and just use the name and advertise the clothing on the same brand, on the same brand name. And I started selling on, I remember I was on Twitter and I just started literally advertising, you know, and I feel like it was quite easy because I knew people around me who liked like my general ideas when it came to like, when it came to creating maybe images or whatever. So they also resonated with my clothes. And just like that, that interaction of launching and saying, okay, wow, I can sell. I can actually like make something and sell it. I was like, okay, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. 
And that's kind of how the test went. And I actually didn't officially start a clothing brand till 2017. 2018 was actually 2018. I started making, I started preparing in 2017, but I officially um, publicly launched in 2018. So in, in 2017, when you started preparing, um, what, what was like the vision then? And what did you think you would need at that time to kind of execute the vision even even if just in the short term? I moved to Lagos in 2017 for a year of fashion school um, to like learn how to properly sew, to learn how to pattern make most importantly, actually. I decided to start like a brand. I was like the collection that I was going to use to, because you need to graduate the, the fashion school like any other school. Yeah. And we were supposed to make like a six piece collection or something like that. I decided to use that collection to launch a brand. The vision going into that was a classy women's wear brand and a brand that was kind of launched, would I say properly, like very intentionally in the sense that it had a website, it had like a lookbook, you know, it had, because when most people launch in Nigeria, and I'm not talking about like, high fashion Nigerian brands, I'm talking about like startup brands, they kind of usually don't, um, well, at that time, to me at least, it was never very intentional. It was like maybe one piece per time. There was never really like a proper collection rollouts that I had ever seen. So in my, in my little world, I was thinking, okay, you know what? I'm launching a brand the professional way. I think I even called it like, fall winter 2017 or some shit <laughs> even though like why the fuck am i using fall winter in nigeria <laughs> and i kind of just took the lessons that i had learned from the test into the new launching so i knew i didn't want to advertise on twitter like you know i wanted to have like a proper instagram page have um proper shoots um like editorials and lookbooks and then, I don't know, I would just say that it was a very intentional like launch. And then the vision that I just took, with, took into that was classy and very, very high in quality because I feel like um, a lot of startups in Nigeria, they just, because, you know, Taylor's kind of just freehand. So it, there isn't a lot of quality in the clothes. That was really the vision for starting a, a brand, just like being classy and, um having a lot of quality not only with the clothes but also with the way the brand was run actually remember i remember that time like when you said like intentionally launching and like because i remember then you had your websites like everything seemed so professional and put together i was like and this proper. is like this is yeah exactly this is how like a proper fashion brand should look like so that means like in my mind i was like okay if all these like structures are here at launch, that that just means that like, oh, it's, it's supposed, there's like a natural progression that's supposed to happen because mm -hmm. the industry and codes should recognize that, okay, this, this fashion brand is quite structured and like has, is very intentional and like all of that. But in the, in the question of like, 
we're talking about structure again. That's that's another part mm. that now is that comes into play because all of this kind of like it's like you could do like so many amazing things, but there's no like structure to plug into. Like there's no equal standard to plug into and how i say equal standard is not like oh you have all the connections in the fashion industry and you know this person and this person can plug it to this person and all that it's mm -hmm. more more like oh someone entering the fashion industry and like this is what you do and then this is like you are now you you've actually you do something at your entry level like you are recognized as okay this person is doing this thing yeah but then for me, at that time, it looked like CI to me looked like a brand that like was already established because many brands that I knew, like you said, were just like they would start off like just a piece at a time, this yeah. and that. In man, this is just like this is a completely like if I want to go into, I'm not going to go into it. I'll touch on it briefly, but going into this whole structure um discussion is a completely different honest conversation it was very eye-opening it was very very like the lessons i learned starting a fashion brand with no degree i had worked in fashion brands like nigerian fashion startups before so i guess i kind of got like inspiration um, my mentor, Kike Loma Ajala, she had a fashion brand called Fakir Shekida. And when I tell you that the level she on the level in which she launched her brand, I'll never forget. She had in-house tailors, in-house beaders, and I saw that structure and I almost wanted to not replicate it, but I was inspired by it. I was genuinely inspired by the way she ran her brand. She got, I mean, she ran it large scale. She got fabric in bulk. She had numerous tailors, numerous beaters, numerous staff, and like a storefront. So she ran it like she ran it like really huge. But then obviously I wasn't ready for that. And we had also actually discussed that we have a podcast together and podcast shoot she 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 kind of touch she kind of touches on how you shouldn't really start a brand that big in Nigeria like you should usually well not even in Nigeria generally that you shouldn't start a brand that that large you should you know take it one step at a time and we like I kind of felt that so with clearly invincible and the structure luckily I didn't have to do it large scale even though it felt like I was doing it um, you know, because I was setting it up as a proper business, it did feel like I was doing it on a large scale, to be very honest. But then I think that was just the stress that came with the lack of structure in Nigeria, like the lack of structure in the fashion industry in general. Getting my tailors, number one, getting my tailors was the first hassle. I mean, from the test, um, from the test in 2014, I had known that, okay, you know what, I want my own tailors. But then I never realized that getting your own tailors would now be like a completely different hassle from having tailors that are not in your own fashion um, house. 
I learned a lot about the Nigerian fashion structure. I learned about the way fabrics are sold in Nigeria. I learned about, you know, where to get what kind of fabric you're looking for. Especially, and it was really interesting, like starting in Lagos, because I feel like in Lagos, that's like the export imports, like ports, basically. <laughs> like a lot is coming in and going out. So the fabric and shops and fabric, you know, options that I came across, it was, and like all the stories that all the um, sellers would tell about like fabric, like just learning about what sample fabric is, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it really stresses on the growth of a business when it's not, when there's lack of structure and you're trying to create structure for your own business. It stresses on like, it's almost like a disconnect. So I felt like I was, I felt like I was actually um, making a business on a larger scale with very limited um, investments like financial investment. So there isn't that much that I could have done. I was doing what I could with what I had. Can you like talk us through like some of like the most or some significant moments or what would you, you say like the most significant moments in like 2018? 2018 was crazy. What? You know, being in Lagos, I think, I don't know, but I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Lagos was not good for my mental health or my physical health or my existence in general, but it was definitely great for Clearly Invincible. Clearly Invincible was thriving. Like it's um, with, when it comes to like people buying the clothes, it was, you know, there were ranges of people all over Nigeria buying the clothes. I launched and I just happened to be in an entertainment um, center, basically. I, I happened to be in Lagos and I was able to advertise Clearly Invincible or just even just talk about Clearly Invincible in general um, in spaces where it would like resonate or you know people would want to like pull from the brand like clothes people would like to like style with the clothes or even just generally sales. And also because Lagos has a lot of influential people, it was, it just so happened that I could like get my clothes to those people and even not just get my clothes to them because it was only ever one person that I intentionally tried to say, oh, I want to give this person, this influential person, my, my a piece of CI clothing. But then like one image does so much on the, right the internet, you know, Denela. on the right person, on the right person. And Denela Gray was kind of, let me just, let me just talk about him for one second because, so I messaged Denela and I was like, um, Kenneth told me about that you wanted this shirt, but um, apologies, it's out of stock. However, this is available. Mm. That's where it went from there. He was like, he literally, he got his own piece tailored to fit him because he's very petite. He got it tailored and to get it tailored, it was not free. And he was still willing to pay for that. He was not sketchy. He was not like, I'll get back to you. He said, yeah. what's your account number? How do I pay? When is it delivered? 
and I sent him an invoice um, and paid for the piece, paid for the alteration. And then you were even there when he came to do the fitting. Yeah, so he came for the fitting and then it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, you know what? I'm actually fangirling a bit because I don't fang I don't fangirl about anyone. But I was fangirling not even for me or for Denola, but for my brand because I was like, yeah. this stylish person loves CI and loves the clothes that we're putting out. Full stop. <laughs> so he had been wearing the piece and it was everywhere. Um, eventually on the New York Times, which was so cool. I was just like, bro, you could choose any clothes in your wardrobe, but you chose your CI shirt to wear to a New York Times interview that Stephen Tyre was shooting. Yeah, I fuck with that. <laughs> um, so yeah, what, what else happened in 2018? In general, 2018 was just crazy. Like, um, launching a website, starting a brand, literally run like it was in and out of shoots, in and out of sets, meeting photographers, meeting models, um, really just like what I say would be marketing the brand, word of mouth, and which I would say is the best way to market in Nigeria. Like one thing I learned was that I did not need a website. It was so unfortunate because I could have invested that money in other things, but I did not need a website because Niger if your aim is Nigerians in Nigeria, they are most mm. likely, I mean, now I feel like they're more open to it because of things like, like all these um, fast, fast fashion brands, like maybe like Opoly or all these weird brands. Yeah. Um, they're more open to it now because I don't know, a lot of them now deliver to Nigeria through Nigeria. through like, yeah, Afro Mall, or be what they call the African Mall, all these websites, middleman websites. And then, so at that time I learned that I didn't need a website. I didn't need a lot of the things that I was thinking I would need because I was drawing more inspiration from like, um, maybe how like, proper ateliers would launch their fashion brands <clears throat> but still yeah 2018 was a learning curve an amazing experience of meeting and networking with people of really finding um, my balance with um with making clothes and production in Nigeria I learned so much I learned so much about like pattern making even because I would always create a pattern for every sample that was made like every design I would make a pattern first if it wasn't like a tunic and you know learning about how to like how to how to basically put structure in your business in Nigeria for it not to like always crumble and for you to be efficient basically efficiency is one of the things because a lot of like work the, a lot of the workforce in Nigeria especially the fashion industry and the tailoring industry, they don't, they're not accountable. They don't take accountability for like the things that they do or like the mess ups that happen. They don't take accountability. For instance, you can go to Garaki markets now and like Garaki modern markets and there's like blocks of buildings just for tailors. You can find so many tailors, so many types of fabric 
but then you go there and nobody's working because why there's no lights or they're like five billion generators on in different like blocks because there's no lights like the um i want to say there's no lights for the international like listeners there's no power to run the machines that they have because they're usually lights out in nigeria um and when you ask them that what do you mean there's no lights aren't you paying like rents for this shop they're like yeah so they were paying rents but they decided that they only put the lights on or put the generator on for this amount of time on these days etc etc and so even them as a workforce they are already crippled with lack of um resources they are crippled because they can't even now push out the things that they that push out the amount of things that they really the amount of clothing that they really want to push out and they're not even being supported by the people that they are paying to help them to help them and that just trickles down into the lack luster behavior that tailors have tailors they have a level of don't care like <laughs> attitude that i've never seen and it can drive someone crazy so i've learned that i mean as human beings you should, they should take accountability for themselves and aim to be better people in the workforce however they also don't even have like the support through the government or private um um establishments that they go through to be as good as they can be i learned about um trying my best to include structure in my own business despite the external like factors of um lack of power lack of um intentional workforce because i had to train my tailors which is such a risk because once you train tailors they can literally leave you and go leave to someone that pay them <laughs> like they are not loyal <laughs> in any yeah. way it was such a risk getting tailors um and almost honing them to be the best they could be the level of structure was that i would make sure that the tailors were i was able to hold them accountable and they were able to hold themselves accountable so anytime i got a new tailor i would literally take like they would fill a form like a normal staff and i would have their next of kin i would have their phone number if they had emails i would have their emails um i would have their address things like that because yeah. first of all you are liable to theft you are liable to so many things just bringing a stranger into your space to work for you especially when the stranger isn't um of the highest literary or literacy um stage level. that they could be yeah level that they could be so i would take all their information down and just in my head i'm like ah, if this person maybe god forbid they get sick or something god forbid happens happen um to them on their way to my workplace like i can take accountability i have their number i have their next of kin i know their address 
I know who to call, you know, things like that. And I don't think a lot of Nigerian businesses do that. Like a lot of small Nigerian brands do that. They don't care. They don't care where you're coming from. They don't care where you're going to. Come and sew, come and go, you know? So I would do that. I would feed them literally, like if we were doing maybe extra hours even when we're not doing extra hours during lunch i would give you lunch because i wanted them to feel like you know what i'm coming to a space that i will not be stressed you know because they're human beings too as wicked as they are they're, they're human beings too and i was trying to create a space where you know they would form some sort of loyalty to the to the business and not be runaway tailors and on disloyal yeah. you know tailors even though with all of that they they still lack discipline and it's just that it was not my place for to teach them discipline i could only yeah. do what i could do um and they could only do what they were aware they could do so yeah. things like that that was 2018 just learning discovering being in lagos realizing that honestly I could market um, from anywhere. We were fully like operating from Lagos for less than a year or about a year. So the next thing I wanted to ask was um, about the hiatus you took uh, uh, that CI took. I think this was 2019 or so. Was there anything kind of happening in terms of either reflection or ideation during that time? um during our hiatus it was the firstly the intention was personally to rest because 2019 was very intense i created so many pieces of clothing um that i didn't even think was possible I opened the brand up to Bespoke, which is one of like Nigeria's most, you know, um, known ways of making clothes. Most people aren't very honest with themselves, especially when you run a business. It's very difficult to be like, I just want to take a break and I'm just going to leave my business. And they're like, are you crazy? Um, So, but I just felt like um, I thought about it for months. And I decided that just for even just my basic survival, I just needed to just take a break from myself and um, focus on other aspects of my life that weren't creative expression. Yeah, the hiatus started around the ending of 2019. And I didn't know how long it was going to be for, to be very honest. I there was no time frame for myself or for the brand but I would say that every day went by and I was like very anxious that damn like I just left CI and like nothing is happening especially like this fear of like if you don't if you don't keep up you're going to become irrelevant type you know thoughts that's really what I was thinking I was like you know the brand is going to become irrelevant um, how are you going to like? They're, like? they're kind of also in this space where it's like, did I give up? Well, I'm on a hiatus, yes! did I give <laughs> Yes, you know, it's like, because the hiatus went on for so long, it like almost two years, I started getting to that point. At some point, like, I was like, 
oh shit i need to i need to get back i need to do something i need to post i need to, you know anything and so i this was literally this year 2021 in january i started posting nonsense that i did not resonate with <laughs> i didn't resonate with it I don't, I really don't think the brand resonated with it. The community most definitely did not resonate with it. And then I just said, whoa, 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 whoa. That was, um, that was a very spontaneous, like, jerk reaction to fear. And yeah. thinking, yeah, like, wait, what are you doing? So I actually, like, reclined a little bit back into my space and just said, you know what? No, you have to be more intentional about this. You didn't you you haven't been like working on yourself you know this long to be making these types of decisions and so i just had to recline oh, yeah. yeah yeah and just say okay let's reassess let's reassess like i thought about the long-term goal for ci i thought about what i what the final stage was in my head because we usually see the final stage and that's what we aim for and we forget that there are like little steps that you need to go through but the thing is that this new final yeah, stage yeah this final stage developed very gradually over the hiatus it developed in a sense that i started having visions and new understandings of what ci was beyond a clothing brand beyond a clothing line. I started seeing it as the name clearly invincible. I think that my my father reminds me all the time that that's such a powerful name. That how the fuck did I come up with that? So just going back to your question, that was the intention for the hiatus, and that's how the hiatus has really affected what or has really inspired what's clearly invincible is is what everyone is about to see is now. And that would be um, a brand that basically helps you realize your fashion vision. Like that's the simplest way that I can, I can explain it. You know, everyone wants to do something in fashion these days. I mean, most people are interested in fashion and that they think that they're interested in making clothes. And so that's the first thing they go for. Yeah. But then there's so many other things that you can do in fashion and First of all, clearly Invincible is helping you understand what aspects of fashion you, you're trying to, you know, find yourself in or you're trying to express yourself through. And also, if you have decided to start a brand and start a clothing line, you know, we're also there to help you, which is actually what we specialize in, like um, helping you create your fashion um, brand with intention, with, you know, I don't when we do consultations because i do most of the consultations and um the things that other people specialize in like styling and stuff i find people to do those consultations so like we even have to have like a an introductory consultation first to find out what kind of brand are you trying to have what kind of person are you what um are you what kind of clothes are you trying to make what impact are you trying to have on the world or are you just trying to make another I was going to be a bit rude, but I think everyone should take this lightly <laughs> if you have a sense of humor. <laughs> but another bikini fucking brand, like um, 
that you you know you have no you have no you have no real reason as to why you want to make that bikini brand you are just making a bikini brand because you've been radicalized by every single thing that you've seen on the internet and decided to make a clothing brand <laughs> of bikinis that it's are not driving. lacking we're not lacking in bikinis guys there are bikinis everywhere I'd, I'm sure I could have articulated that much better, but <laughs> these are the kinds of things. Sure, I feel like your message, your message came out loud and clear. Okay, thank that. you. So we just get acquainted with what you do, um, who you are, and what value you want to have. That's what Curly Invincible currently is. You know, it's weird that actually yeah. when we went on hiatus, it just so happened that um, the world shut down. So I guess that in that beginning stage, there was kind of like a, there was still a very chill aspect to not doing anything. Cause it was like, wow, I'm so, I felt so aligned. Everyone has shut down when we decided to. It's, it's funny because I kind of went to the ISIS of my own around that period. So I kind of yeah. get, I get that feeling. Exactly. Like, I didn't feel like I was feeling so like it was kind of on the ISIS. It was just like aligned with, and the world is aligned with you as well. Exactly. So, um, so for that moment, it was really great to kind of like experiment again. Cause I remember in like late 2020, um, I was getting ready to move to France and I joined, I had taken this little, I mean, I had all the time in the world. I had taken this, um, fashion course. There was a face group chat for it. And for some reason, I wasn't running clearly invisible at the time, but then I was thinking of what things that I could do and services started coming up and I tested it out on this Facebook group, this Facebook group. I got so many clients and the feedback I got was just very interesting. Generally, the fashion industry has been that industry that hasn't been very open about the back end of things. It's all the fronts, glossy yeah. cover, glitz and glamour. You know, this is the end product. And nobody ever really goes like to the, like, how are you doing these really cool things? Like, how are you making these really interesting pieces of clothing? <clears throat> Nobody's ever really talking about that. And I had learned so much that I just felt like, I think I need to share especially tonight, weirdly enough, at that point, I only had American clients, but the aim was Nigerian clients because that is a market that I am fond of and I'm experienced in. So the aim, even till now, for, core, for our core target audience is Nigerian fashion entrepreneurs and enthusiasts who want to find something to do in fashion. And to just kind of really let them know that I know you want to start a fashion brand though, but this is all you have to do. And you you think that it looks easy, but you're going to have to do times 10 because you're in you're a Nigerian in Nigeria of the workforce that you of, of the you know work that you think you're going to have to do. I mean, starting a business in general is not a walk in the park, but then starting a clothing line in Nigeria, I think um <laughs> that's for the very very brave hearted and if you've done it and you're doing it kudos to you man like you've 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 walked hot rocks basically 
you've walked, you've patiently walked hot rocks. Archival, archival documentation, basically. Oh, I think personally, always need someone to like understand the importance of that because, like, ever since I've known you, you created um, BTS content, time lapses of like events, or you like doing something or like working basically mm. or shoots and like just getting people really like involved in the process and sort of like communicating through your fashion business or what would you say is really important or the really important thing about archival documentation i love recording like moments i don't think i do it as much anymore but i love recording moments i love time stamping events i love voice recordings um photos of any and everything <laughs> i just love documenting everything but then it just so happened to be very influential for this moment because luckily i was able to document so many things and so many experiences from you know i've been saying that i've learned so much and i've been able to actually document a lot of the learnings through writings, through my journal, through um, pictures, videos, Polaroids, voice recordings, through so many things that I like, it's almost overwhelming to share. Like, <laughs> it's almost overwhelming. Like, even going through the archives, with going through the archives, there's so much, there's so much intention that went through, that went behind it, that went with it, because oh, the decision to, like come back to clearly invincible and decide how i wanted it to um how i wanted it to become how i wanted the communication of the brand to be was very it was very confusing at first because i was like how are you going to just come out and be like you don't sell clothes anymore like i know I haven't like the brand hadn't sold clothes for 10 years or anything but in that time that's what people um associate the brand with clothing and i was like how are you just going to come and just be like clearly invincible doesn't sell clothes anymore what are you talking about so instead of just coming back and continue to advertise or continue to say we don't sell clothes anymore. We don't sell clothes anymore. We don't sell clothes anymore. It took me a while to realize this, but I realized that I had to tell the story of how we made clothes and how and how much we learned all the notes, all the content, all the videos, all the recordings of every moment that was valuable and taught a very valuable lesson, taught a lesson on running a business, taught a lesson on the Nigerian fashion industry. <clears throat> I decided that I would have to go back to all of that to kind of show that the brand has gone through these things. The brand has had a fashion brand and the brand has made mistakes and these are the corrections and these are the notes and these are the experiences that the brand has had. And 
kind of take all of that to just display and say that with all these lessons, we're definitely in the right position to tell you how to run a fashion brand or how to start a fashion brand in Nigeria, at least. And that's kind of what the archives are. They are a story that tells um, the past life of Clarity Invincible as a clothing line and everything that it learns and all the things that it's taking with it in order to help you be able to do that and realize your fashion vision to the highest value that you could probably, um, you know, eventually get it to. So that's really what the archives have been for me. And I, I'm so grateful that I was able to, um, I was able yeah. to document all of that and be able to share it and be able to tell this story that and my my take on documentation i guess i don't know with everything i've just said it should be very clear that i'm very pro documentation like record every every moment record everything talk to yourself you know um to understand the things that you're that you're to understand the things that you're trying to express because sometimes we think you get to your mind gets too clouded because of all the content and all the media that you're consuming. Your mind gets really clouded and you almost start making decisions very unconsciously. And I feel like with the hiatus that was taken, I was able to gain more direction. I was able to gain more insight and I was able to listen to myself and listen to my thoughts and listen to the direction that I wanted to take Clearly Invincible in. And um, not just even as a brand right now, as a service-based brand, but as a legacy to be very honest i feel a bit weird even saying it but like as a legacy <laughs> with this documentation thing because of how much content and how little like not even little but how stingy and greedy i was with sharing the content um or the media that i've accumulated all um, over these years not even just greedy, because I try to share as much as possible for the story to be understood. However, there's still so much that I just feel like not everyone deserves to hear. It's, it's not, not everyone deserves um, access to this content because not a lot of people have, you know, proper intentions or, um, yeah, proper intentions. Like some people are just wicked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not everyone has proper <laughs> to be, to intentions. Like, to be very frank, not everyone has proper intentions. And I just feel like with the content that I haven't shared, the media that I haven't shared, um, I would like to share it to proper fashion enthusiasts that are willing to actually like experience those things because I feel like even with what I've shared, there's been a lot of value. There's been a lot of lessons in even just like the captions alone. And I've tried to communicate that even with yeah. the visuals as well. Um, 
but there's even so much so many more conversations that have been had with you know I would call creative geniuses to be very honest and I would like to share some of them not even all to be very honest but some of them and so Curly Invincible is going to start like a close friends that you would have to pay for a close friends on Instagram not like an app called close friends like the close friends on instagram <laughs> if you pay for it but if you pay for it per month you'll be able to get content and media that has been accumulated over the years from like photo booth recordings of conversations with like fashion enthusiasts and entrepreneurs in nigeria and voice notes of just conversations that are really telling the truth and when mm. i say the truth there has yeah. been some truth posted the, un- the unfiltered conversations with creative nigerians all over nigeria like filtered conversations about the people who are unfiltered conversations i mean about the people who are currently um would i say being the poster people for Nigerian fashion in the international um, media right now. The people who are getting the recognition, and I'm talking about like honest conversations about how we could really develop the Nigerian fashion industry past this, would I say, um, mediocrity and um, just lack of value, lack of intention and lack of value, you know? how we can develop the Nigerian industry past all of that because there are lots of brands right now there are lots of Nigerian brands right now who are pushing the Nigerian agenda but generally do not have the Nigerian culture or story to tell these stories that they are claiming they know you know yeah. so just really um conversations that go past the surface level um things that you you think are nigerian fashion there's so much more to it it's so interesting i think, I think that's also. really like an interesting concept because i don't even think i've heard anyone do that before like like the close friends things on instagram use close friends in that manner especially like as a business yeah like it's a really interesting like idea like it's really like i, I just like animated like my mind being blown (laughs) i feel like that would be interesting also kind of to curate um a close friends as it's called on instagram but also like a close friends community on the page you know to kind of see you know who are the people who are really like who's the community who's the core community yeah who's not just the people double tapping the pictures yeah you know who's the core community it would be really interesting to have like a it almost it would almost look like an emailing list but on instagram you know yeah so um i think the last thing or the last thing i have here is um it's about the instagram page actually the posts that like the recent posts mm. like uh, in the past few months and like I've, like people have really been like resonating with it with them and i've actually definitely been getting those vibes of like 
we went through these things and like we're like telling you the story of like like the actual storytelling like i've actually been getting like a proper like it's been well sort of well curated uh interesting that you said you've actually been listening to like one by one voice notes so i can tell that like what is coming out what just looks like an instagram poster or just you just selected something and just wrote some words wasn't just that <laughs> like a whole lot of like consuming some things and picking out and curating stuff no even um, just that months months i think we're two months month. is like researching back into the brand that's what it feels like yeah so one post that really like stuck with me was when it was the taylor one i think a lot of people actually resonated with that one as well <laughs> yeah uh, the one about taylor's I feel there was, there was this, there was this, someone there, someone commented, I was like, she had a wedding or something, and then like, <laughs> Taylor, Taylor didn't do that, like, she had to, like, go with, like, a bunch of other people, and, like, she sat down in the guy's place, like, he sat down there and made sure the guy, and, you know, he didn't actually start, he had done it before, like, and he made sure that the guy did it that night, and think that this guy could actually even do it in the night. In the night, and like he was just playing with people, and like so, if she didn't do that, she would not go see. She would just look all serious, like she didn't care about the people at the yeah. wedding. Oh my god, he gave you this fabric, or oh, you got this fabric like so long ago. Why didn't you? Or oh, you don't care about us? Yeah. So like that was like a really like mad, like even just me reading the comments of like other people that like how it like sparked a conversation and all so it's it was like it showed me like just a just a glimpse of like what the things you're trying to do and like what what how that could like affect other people and i definitely know that like everyone who commented or I would assume that everyone who commented kind of felt better about the ex- those experiences because while wow, kids, there are like other people here, even though maybe abstractly they know that like other people have gone through like tailored problems and all, but then like other people here coming to tell like their own bizarre tailored stories and they're like, okay, it's not that, like me, I was just like not serious or I didn't know how to like handle tailors or something. And so for them now going into any any scenario with tailors or even even if anyone asks them about or about to go in a scenario with the tailor, they come into that situation with this. Um, they are even they were sure before, probably sure before, but are even more so or sure now because like it's 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 been like the conversations are being had basically yeah clearly investor was sparking those conversations yeah to be honest um that taylor one was also really <laughs> the taylor post was really funny because when i read that post i literally burst out laughing i'm sure she told it with so much hurt and like bro see what happened to me yeah. but then i was like yeah this sounds exactly like a nigerian tailor like this is exactly um what a nigerian tailor would do and i'm so glad that the intention is able to actually resonate with everyone else like the intention behind 
the art, like telling the story of the archives and, you know, really kind of like um, having a community that understands, you know, a share, I guess a shared problem, you know, and I feel like this is leading to, this is leading to other things about just us working our way up to being able to develop the Nigerian industry, even if we have to do it privately, you know, because our government has proven <laughs> the things that they can do. Yeah. So, even if we have to do it privately, even if we have, to, even not even even if not privately, but like with with the community that we have, like Nigeria is one of those communities that we're very close knit. You know, we're not like we don't know each other. Like we're very close knit. We talk to each other. We have incredible banter, and it's the same thing with random people as well as it could be with your your tailors. You know, so building those communities and trying to just make sure that um, we're trying to develop the industry, the fashion industry in Nigeria, the, the little ways that we can. And I'm so glad that the, um, as, as little as the caption, even though I'm using it to tell a story is resonating with Nigerians and we're able to like share those kinds of stories. And I'm hoping that soon we can share not just problems, but solutions. Oh, that was beautiful. A beautiful way to put that. Thank you. This is amazing. So, Thank you so much. Yeah, it really is. For doing this with me. Because um, I felt like with everything that we had done, like with all the, with going through all the archives, and just telling a bit of a story, I felt like it was necessary to like speak as well, you know, because yeah. obviously I think if you're part of the clearly invincible community now, you know that I'm not really one to come on camera and show my face and talk and be the face of the brand. I don't think that that's necessary. There's yeah. so many benefits to having a face of a brand. However, I don't feel like I need a face to this brand. I don't think it's necessary. But I feel like right now, just to tell the archives, especially to tell the archives, a voice is needed. And so this is not going to be like a normal thing where I'm coming to speak on the podcast or I'm communicating through the Instagram stories. I don't think that's going to be like a general, like everyday thing. Yeah, but then... Yeah. To, for just for the purpose of telling the archives, I had to tell it. I felt like just for the archives, a voice needed to be heard. And so um, here I am speaking and have been speaking for the past month on the Instagram. And I feel like you guys, if you're listening, I feel like you should definitely go and just like um, read the stories that have been being posted through the archives. Yeah, I feel like that really, that really like even that really takes the converse, this conversation that we've had just now. Mm -hmm. Like we're going through the Instagram would take it even a lot further because mm. there's so much richness there. I'll put it that way. Yeah, there's definitely a plus. Like that would aid the quality or the experience of listening to this podcast. Um, and we finish it this week. If you listen to this now, the archive story has probably already been finished, being told. But then 
head to the close friends. That's the that's the exclusive club, you know. That's where exclusive content will be, but exclusive content of value. I think the voice notes, especially. I mean, Naz, you've been there in these conversations. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know this conversation. That's like I like. I've even heard like some of them. I haven't heard them in a, like a long time. I mean, you're the one with the voice notes, so like sometimes. Like I think you randomly sent me one before and like you blew my mind and boom, we had this conversation and then mm. in some of those convos some things actually even happened later on that we see while we were not just like saying rubbish. Yeah. Cause you know at those times we thought we were crazy. like to receive exclusive content about clearly invincible or the nigerian fashion industry we've created a patreon with two membership levels for you to choose from if you're interested in joining our close friends on instagram the four euro membership level is for you you can find us at patreon.com slash clearly invincible patreon.com slash clearly invincible